You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg E. Hill, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate. Empower and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And today, I got a show for you. I'm excited. This is gonna be legendary, man. It's been a couple years in the making to really get this thing kind of, kind of rocking. I, I, and it's crazy. Everybody like, yo, G, you've been saying that every season. Every season is always like that. But that's the man. yeah, man. Nah, because I, 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 I think people don't realize, like, yo, these, these easy. First of all, middle initials mean something. Like right. they, they really do. And I just really hate, like, when I was young, people used to get mad, like, yo, G, like, why are you so big on the E? Because, one, I do my research, and I looked online, there's already, there's a white Greg Hill in, like, San Antonio, they got, like, a radio station that's booming. So I said, when I first started, I was like, yo, I have to, I have to put the, I have to put my E in the middle, because there's already a Greg Hill that already has a presence. So I said, E, I was like, that makes right. sense. And now it's Greg E. So when people say, we're introducing Gregory Hill, I'm like, no, uh-uh. I, I I was at 21. I was like, no, nah, I'm not. Don't go. Don't call me Gregory Hill. No. Don't call me Greg Hill. No. Don't call me G Hill. No. Greg E Hill. So like, yeah, I respect. That's why right. even in the title, I did this. My daughter Trouble's Nation. There's something about intentionality. Come here. Come here. Come here. There's something about intentionality. I made sure to put Lydia T. Blanco. I didn't put LT or Lydia, Lydia B, LB. And sometimes I do that, but I was like, nah, let me put Lydia T. Blanco because when I saw it, I was like, okay, she on it too. So I just I, I just think that when you show up in the world and you know this, especially being a woman of color, it's so important um, to show up and own who you are. And then, because if you don't, right. then people will just treat you any type of way, right? Right. And that, that initial is all encompassing, right? It tells a story and it is what, you know, uniquely differentiates you from someone else. So I'm here for it. I appreciate it. Hey, no doubt, man. So let's go ahead and jump into the show. Um, can you share with the audience a quote or a mantra that you live by and give us a story about how you apply that quote or said mantra in your everyday life? Oh, I like the question a lot. One of my favorite Nike quotes is yesterday you said tomorrow. Mm. And whenever I think about all that I have to do, or if I begin to procrastinate, or when I don't want to do something that I said I wanted to do for so long, I remember that. And it calls me out. It calls me back to my higher self. Um, and it's something that I challenge other people with too, right? We, we talk about how great we want to be the callings on our lives or the assignments we've been called to by the most high, but we often do not do what it is that we either say, set out to, 
or have been called to do. So yesterday you said tomorrow gets me together, Greg. It, I mean, it snatches me and is like, okay, girl, what what was that you said? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, when did I say that? Oh, it was yesterday. Huh. All right. Well, I guess today is tomorrow. Like, let me do that. <laughs> so when's the last time you had to really like, give us a story about how you, when you, last time you had to really apply that? Oh, you know, okay. So I'm in the world of journalism. I, I live my life in a way that, you know, helps other people amplify what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my sense of agency. But I have noticed, and it has been a pattern in my career professionally, that I will go so hard, you know, um, for organizations and brands, not because I'm married to them, right? But it's because I'm so committed to being excellent and doing things well. Um, so. I would always go hard booking, you know, some of the best um, people in business and entrepreneurship, right? And have these conversations and share them and socialize them. And I was like, Lydia, why are you not doing that for yourself, right? I am the same person who is able to have these in-depth conversations and be trusted to tell stories. Um, So recently I had to make a decision to put myself out there more, right? Visibility is so important. Um, I do not consider myself to be a brand or anything of that nature. Um, But as someone who is passionate about telling stories, I'm like, Lydia, you need to put yourself out there. Okay. You know about this. You are Greg E. Hill, (laughs) all of these great things, right? Um, So I had to make a decision to um, be more visible go as hard for myself as I, you know, have for other brands and entities and organizations who I've made, quite frankly, millions for, um, and have these conversations with people on my own platform, right? So as the host of the Get My Life Tour, um, not being shy about reaching out to people because I may not be an XYZ, right, organization, or just going live with people on Instagram. It seems so... um, it can seem menial to others, but putting yourself out there for yourself is just as important as it is um, for anyone else. And it was something that I really had to challenge myself to do. Mm, why do you? <clears throat> why do you feel like that was such a such a challenge? Being that you've done it at a high level, you interviewed some of the the biggest names. You've <laughs> actually wrote about some of the biggest names. You interact with some of the biggest names in, in any space, and not just like celebrities, but more so even local people that are doing phenomenal mm-hmm. work. Why was right. it so hard to really kind of? say, hold, I can do it for myself as well. You know what? That's a great question. I think somewhere along my journey, as I've done the work, I have really had to like battle with being discouraged, right? And I don't think it has to do anything with the nose. Um, I think it is more so realizing the value that I add in words, Mm -hmm. right? Like if somebody tells me, no, I'm like, okay, that means not yet or not now. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, But I think I had an issue with seeing myself um, as worthy as somebody's time without a brand associated with it, right? Because I've dealt with so many people and it is so interesting because I'll never like, you know, um, run anyone's name through the mud or anything of that nature. But there are people who are not as kind, um, not as generous with their time when 
you aren't doing it for someone else. Yeah. Right. Of course. Um, we, we know the game, so, <laughs> especially right, in this business you know place. Because like organizers, like shout out to Brie Newsome Bass, like high profile, whatever, like organize you. Th- bruh, she's an organizing background. So she not big time. Even if it's just, boom, she hit you back, whatever. But the, the business entertainment space is the weirdest industry. It's, it's weird. It is really weird. Um, so I've had some very interesting encounters <laughs> with people. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't even have time to deal with it. Um, I think I've also told myself so many lies, just mm. to be frank about, okay, what it is that I can do and this, made all these stories. And I'm like, Lydia, get out your head and just do it. Um, and the moment I began to do it, people were so receptive. Um, so I had to get out of my own way in that uh, regard. But there are people who will, let me speak for myself. I've had a number of experiences where people have, have seen me engage with me um, and realized the calling on my life or my potential. And they have picked and choose what they wanted to uh, support. So that got to me, honestly. As a young black woman, what does that look media, like? Like, be uh, you don't got to like? name names, but what does that pick and choose? What do you mean? Like, be blunt with it. What do you mean, pick and choose support? People want you to help build what they have going on, right? So mm-hmm. it's much easier for people to be like, "Oh, come work with me. Come work with me. Come work with me." Right? Oh, yeah. yes, you do that. That's great. You know how to you know form these strategic partnerships and you know tell stories that generate money or ideas that do the same thing. But the moment that you say, "Look, this is what I'm working on, and I love to have support." Oh, so you know maybe you should think about X, Y, and Z. Right? Yeah, they Just start refer- they start of- they get in referral mode and they start referring. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh right. I know somebody. Like, no, I know you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right. So that's that's one example of it. But, you know, you live and you learn and, you know, you have to realize um, that you glow before you can experience your glow up. Everybody talks about the glow up, the glow up, the glow up this, the glow up that. And I'm like, do you even realize the ways that you illuminate spaces mm-hmm. um, that you shine? I literally have to begin to sing this little light of mine. People <laughs> like, girl, what are you doing? I'm like, let me tell you something about this affirmation. It has gotten so many generations of our people through, and it is helping me right now. So this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, okay? Mm-hmm. And if I need to have a tambourine while I'm singing it, I will. Yeah, nah, nah. That is, that's really real, man. Um, I think I was just talking to School of Business yesterday. Shout out to North Carolina AZ School of Business. And I was talking to students. I was like, yo, like we do tell ourselves so many lies of what we can't do on mm-hmm. on situations and everything. And it's like, do you think it's a, a form of do we need more stillness to understand what's a lie and what's not? Or do we need to, to counter the lie with the truth? But even truth, it's hard to believe our own truth because then we live in a world, society, especially when you're black, like, you know, you say, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm this, I'm that. People are like, no, you're not. And, live in the, and look at look at the cancel culture. Somebody says, somebody can, some of the stuff is real, but some of the stuff people make rumors and whatever, and now all of a sudden, boom, like, you can you, you be ended there. So it's like we live in a culture where we're so quick to make fun of people, so quick to get a laugh or something. Where it's like, yo, these are real people, for real. With real problems right. that we have as well. But they have a national platform. So that's why sometimes I'm like, man, like, it's hard to be confident at times. Because they, right. it, it seems like, I don't want to say people want to see you fail. But 
it it's it's like a it's a weird thing that happened where it became very hyper popular to be critical to make things funny to 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 mm-hmm. to it's just so I, I don't know what's your thoughts on that you know i always tell others and it's one of the things that i remind myself of often that others benefit when you doubt yourself mm. i don't believe in the benefit of that like there is no benefit <laughs> to doubt for me like yeah. if you're listening if you're on alignment and you're listening to your gut and your intuition is strong what could you possibly benefit from by doubting something um and as you talk about this hyper critical society that we live in and it's one that we've really um bought into as a culture mm-hmm. it is damning it really is you know it doesn't allow us to hold a mirror to ourselves mm. right um and we end up canceling ourselves canceling our dreams and killing things in their infancy right and you know there's the beauty about feedback culture but we don't always need to be asking for confirmation or what someone else thinks. Everyone does not have our best interests at heart, right? Or they won't even understand what has been assigned to us in life. And most people, we are not assigned to. I'm like, you know what? You are not my assignment. I'm not even about to worry about that, okay? Uh, <laughs> hey, you didn't make that but, a shirt, you know. man. Go ahead. You're not my assignment. That's really real. We wear like, majority of our life, for the most part, if you're in the Matrix, is built on people that don't care and that, there's nothing wrong people don't care because everybody has their life, but people don't really care about the decision you think you're making because of that said person or people, organizations, right? right? The whole life of the match, we live a whole life of like, we didn't do half the things we did because like middle school, this, the girl, there's, there's always a girl in the corner that if I do this, then she's going to do X, Y, and Z, so I'm not going to do X. Then in high school, it's like, okay, if I do this, I might, but and then in college, if I do this, if I pledge this, if I do this, and then in, in business, a business, well, if, if people see I did this and they, it's like, it's always some magical people. And it's like, and they don't even thinking about you at all. Right. That's <laughs> uh, the worst. It's the worst. But I'm grateful for opportunities to learn mm-hmm. from those experiences, right? I think that's something you have to get along the way because sometimes you think you have it all figured out or you put on this persona, persona excuse me, or you're showing up as your representative um, and then life hits you right in your stomach or below the belt and you are like, okay, you know what? I don't know what I know. Let me stop and just keep them moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man. So let's go into let's go into last week. Last week, what's one word to describe last week and why did you choose that word? Or this week, it's Friday now, so we can say that. So over this over this week, last four, four and a half days, what's one word to describe this last four to five four to five days and why you choose that word? Oh, let me sit with that. One word. Oh, I'm so wordy. Let me think about it a little bit, Greg. Give me a second. No word. No word. I, so I know I need to get an interior designer because, like, you look at my background, look at yours. Yours is like, it is. I, I'm I'm working on it, but I'm like, I be around the way. I'm like, yo, I just got, I got all this equipment, all this stuff in the crib, but it just look look dank. It looked like a look like a, a, a single man. Like it just like it just has no purpose. <laughs> yo, you know what? It'd be like that sometimes. This took me a second. This is. <laughs> This is abundance. This is joy. This is love. The orchid. Um, <laughs> and, you know, things I've put together. Okay, so one word to describe this week. 
Oh, I would say willingness. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, cool. Willingness, right? Um, or will. I'll, I'll just stick with the first one I gave you, right? Um, I'll switch it up too many times. But I had to be willing to do a lot of things this week. Things that I'm not even, you know, unfamiliar with. Things that I would routinely do, but I really felt the need to have this strong sense of will because I had so many things on my on my plate. I was like, oh my gosh, if I speak to one more person, if one more call is back to back, mm-hmm. um, or if I have to respond to one more email. Um, <laughs> and then I had to be willing to rest and willing to be patient with myself mm-hmm. um, and practice grace. Funny story, yesterday I'm coughing as I'm like, Drinking my coffee, so if I stop drinking the coffee, go to the water, uh-huh. the choking is persistent. Get up, slap the coffee on my MacBook. <laughs> I was like, This is what I need during the pandemic as I have all these stories that I need to write. And I was like, Well, Lydia, you need to be willing to take some downtime, right? I was trying to figure it out. Um, but that would be my one word and why, honestly. I feel like if I had more time, I'd probably come up with a million other questions. I mean, questions, excuse me, words, but willing, willingness. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a, I, I can I can share the same sentiments. Um, it's a, it's like a Friday, right? It's Friday. Um, right now it's one forty six, uh, Eastern. Right now it's ten forty six. Where you're at? Yep. And it's like, man, it's a week. It's a week. It's been a week, but it's cool. But then it's like you just sit down, like it's really dope. And I don't want to take for granted the fact that a one forty six on a Friday, I could just chop it up with you on the interview. I don't. I don't have a boss um, emailing me. I don't have. Uh, I do have clients, but it's like there's no. I can kind of create the energy, create the post. It's scary too. Very scary. Because if you don't create the post, then life can happen and you can be destitute on the street. It can happen fast. Um, and then you, you're 1046. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I, I, can we push it back 10 minutes? Sure. Ain't no, it's no, it just, it's a, it's a serenity about it. But then there's also, I mean, you look at the world, right? Where even with, with like right now, everybody's pursuing their purpose, their passion, all that other stuff. But then you just look at it and it could seem as if there's chaos all around us. Even, and honestly, I don't want to, I don't want to believe that. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not even gonna believe that. I know people like yo. G, you, hear me out, people. Don't don't jump down my throat. I just I just can't like the conversation that I have, the energy I'm around, and this and this up and down. Not just well, like just the middle from everybody. I mean, I just see I see joy. Like I see pain too, because you know, being black is a painful joy. It's a joy, but right. I mean, until we die on this earth, especially in the Western culture, there's a lot, it's pain always with it, right? Because when you happy, you go to the hood, you drive by, you see somebody that's like, they down bad, like, you feel me? But um, yeah, it's just a weird space. So let's, let's do it like this. Can you share with our audience, man, a little bit about yourself, where you come from? Give us give us some context for those that are not familiar with you. Ooh, all right. What up, y'all? I always say what up, y'all, to people. People are like, wait, you look so professional. I'm like, what up? How you living? <laughs> I grew up in San Francisco. I tell people I lived in pretty much every hood with the exception of three. Yes, there are Black people in San Francisco. 
Yes, there are low income and impoverished communities in San Francisco. Wow. They live closer to the Bay Bridge than they do the Golden Gate. Okay. What's the difference? Uh, I thought it was the same. They are not the same. They are two bridges. Um, One leads to Marin County, the Presidio, more affluent um, section of San Francisco. The others, you know, you get off and you're in those parts, right? Mm Um, so I grew up in Lakeview, which is, there is no view by the lake. Just <laughs> a lot of black people, <laughs> black, who, uh, <laughs> land, black people who got there after the great migration. Um, my mother's parents came to California from Mississippi during that time. Um, we have family who populate pretty much every predominant black community in San Francisco, even though the population is less than 3% of black people at this point. Um, I grew up in a community that was riddled with gang violence, um, saw a lot within the house, outside of the house. Um, but I always knew that there was just something within me, right? Um, prior to me forming a relationship with the most high, like I started going to church by myself at seven and it was because they had free lunch and they had vacation Bible school during the summer and I was hungry. So my hunger led to more. Um, I got what I needed. I learned a couple of Bible verses that I probably have forgotten right after because I was so hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, and was able to build community, but it was lit, right? Um, I actually started writing poetry in the third grade and saw Oprah and Ricky Lake wanted to be them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so what is this called? And you're like, journalism, right? So I knew I wanted to do that. So when when crime would happen in my community, I would be one of the first people outside behind my mom because she was, you know, a nurse and always was literally running um, to see what happened because she would always be so nervous that something happened to one of her nephews. Mm. So we would always be the first people outside to see. So I've seen a lot of dead bodies. Um, I've been in homes that have been shot up um, and have experienced a lot of traumatic experiences. But, you know, I share that freely because it's a testament to how good God is, right? My biggest fear growing up was that I was either going to lose my mom because of violence or that I was going to be shot and killed because it happens so often. Um, But, you know, it was something all my life and I'm so grateful for it, right? So as reporters came to my neighborhood and got the story wrong, I was like, I got to get it right. I got to do something about that. I mean, honestly, that's why I'm a storyteller today. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I grew up poor, I've been so interested in business. I always want to know how could I make money. So I used to go door to door selling stickers. <laughs> I used to sell beef jerky. Beef for jerky? Orchestra. Beef jerky. I kid you not. How do you go to sell? Hey, would you like some beef jerky? I did it. Okay. I had a whole script, Greg. Okay. I had an, an entire script. I sold chocolate. I sold beef jerky. Whatever, whenever there was a sale at school, I figured out how to flip it, make more money on top so I could have something, and then still turn in the money that I needed to account for the product that I took home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always wanted to make money. I always wanted to tell a story. I was talkative um, and I always wanted my people to be good, right? Um, And my first group of people were my mom, my sister, my dad. I became a protector very early in life. Um, I was the little big sister, Mm -hmm. but that has always, um, that, that all of that shaped me 
to who I am today, right? Being a cheerleader and all these other things. I always want to cheer for my people. You so. was a cheerleader? Wow, um, I never know. I'm, I'm learning new things. What? I'm so rough around the edges at times. And people are like, what? Femininity has always been important to me. So I cheered because I thought that was very feminine. Um, because, you know, some of the women in my neighborhood growing up were so rough because they <laughs> had to be, right? Yeah. Um, they look good. But they'd also, you know, check you or put them you know, hands get on you. you <laughs> Slash them tires, right? yo, like for real. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, I um, you know, I always just wanted to have more. So I did whatever it took to be outside the house to sign myself up for things, for a number of signatures, um, and was always engaged. Right. So it's not hard for me to participate in things or, you know, be out there because that was I feel like the ways that I stay out of a lot, you know, I can go back to my neighborhood or, you know, even go on social media and connect with some of the people I grew up with. And that's not the same. I have not arrived. I'm not better than anyone. Um, but I'm so grateful that there was something in me that wanted more um, and something within me that said, go for it and don't stay. Right. That's how I got to Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Question. And and I I want to pick up real quick on one thing, but I do have a question. Uh, what would you say to to? Can we live in a culture where if somebody doesn't want something as bad as you do, it's easy to shame? Like, oh, people out here buying PS fives when they should be getting Apple stock or Tesla's. Like, is it how do, how can we get to a better place in your opinion? Rather, where we just let people be. You feel me? Because we see that all the time. Even I call my I do that only. Only reason when I do that in in person is when I'm with students that say they want to be like people that want to say they want these these high things, and I'm like it doesn't which how you moving doesn't correlate. But to the blanket person, I'm not going to tell somebody, oh no, you need to be you you bump don't bump a PS5. You need to be getting Tesla stocks. Everybody don't need to be doing that. So, but that's my opinion. But how, how what is your take on? Because I know what the get my life is like. Is your life? We say my my life, right? If your life right. is, and this is putting it out there, right? If your life is, I want to work, I want to come home at five, smoke a blunt, pay, play the PS5, play with my kids, go to sleep for the rest of my life. And you're okay with that. In your spirit, you're okay with that. Is it up to me, influencer, to say, hey, bump that. You need to be like, uh, like. so what, what's your take on stuff like that? Because I see it a lot on social media and I'm just like, hmm. Uh, you know, I really can't with a lot of influencers, (laughs) right? Because there is no real measurable impact, right? And I think a lot of people aren't even phased by what kind of impact they're having, right? And I don't, I also don't think that some influencers realize how divisive they are, right? I think some people are operating in silos and they think they have an audience and that's who they're speaking to and no one else matters. And that can become very problematic, especially when we're not all in community together. So that's my first thought. To answer your question, we got to do a better job in minding our business. Mm. Like our business. I'll say it here because it's already on a t-shirt and everything is trademarked. But one of my mantras is how you live your life is your business. And when I say that, it's not to be snarky um, or funny or anything. How you show up, what you eat, 
how you are, you know, in alignment, whether or not, you know, you choose to live life from nine to five and then smoke your blunt and whatever else it was that you said, like that's your business. Um, we have to be careful about what we are telling one another. Um, and honestly, some of the very Eurocentric ideals that we push on one another as a people. Everything is not for everybody. And we also have to understand that there is a way to call other people higher, right? That person who's working nine to five, going home, relaxing, and taking care of their family may be doing something completely different than the generations before them. Right. We don't know if they've gone to therapy. We don't know if what they're smoking is medical or not, um, or if that's how they've learned how to calm their nerves. Right. I think we have this idea of what is high functioning, uh, what is acceptable and what is classy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And we don't really have an idea of how we should be in community with one another without being so judgmental. I have, I feel like the people who I'm connected with and in community with are on each side of the spectrum. Uh I mean, I have loved ones who are incarcerated. I have people in my network who are millionaires, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't treat all of the people on one end to the next differently. Do we have different conversations? Yes. Um, Are there ways that I have to engage with them depending on where they are? Yes. But I'm never telling the person, look, if you would have just did this or if you do this, right? There is um, a way that I have to position myself um, and remove myself when I'm sharing information Mm -hmm. and not position myself as an expert, right? I'm only an expert of my experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is no point of me telling somebody else how they should live their life, right? There are so many people who have 17 gyms and 38 ways and, you know, it's all an industry, but we have to mind our business. Um, and we have to know how to productively be in community with one another. Yeah, I think that's, especially nowadays where um, hopefully we realize that we're all in this together in this fight right. for, I'm not going to say equality. I'm, 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 I'm tired of that trope, uh, equality trope. Like, I, I can't say I'm fighting for equality. I know where I'm at. Do you feel me? But I'm not saying that as an arrogant, like, okay, well, I don't know what other black people, I'm just saying like, nah, I, I hope that we can get to a point where everybody knows where they're at. So I don't, mm-hmm. you, I don't, I'm not asking you to, to, to see me as equal. No, I'm, 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 we're, we're, I'm, I'm going like, I'm framing and I'm, my energy is going to be such where it's like, I'm only accepting what I'm only accepting what's necessary in this, in this situation, period, as a human. Like, I'm not on right. this whole, like, yo, when, when will you give me equal? When will you give me equal? No, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not giving you that. Nah, 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 nah. We're not doing that, man. So it's, 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 it's funny though. And I think we in similar spaces where we kind of in our head know that we see people that man like yo why why y'all why y'all talking like that like 
I know y'all. Like it's all good. We all people. At the end of the day, we all die. And like I read a book, and it's really real. It's in the Bible. Bible says when you die, somebody else will 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 be in the house that you bought and save for it. All the stocks you had, somebody will be in the house. Somebody will drive that car. Somebody will play that mute. Like somebody will do all the stuff that we work so hard to get. And not to say it's not important, right? I'm not to say that. Like it's it's on your own auspice. Right. But I see specifically in the influencer and business thing. I see that, but then on the other end, well, shoot, we got interview people. We got interview content. So I, I'm finding myself, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching a crossroads because there's some people um, I really just don't ride with. I don't, I can't, I can't vibe with the energy. And I'm like, one, I don't work with them, but two, I'm like, I, I have to watch my spirit because when I see they post, when I see the energy, I'm like, man, like that's, that's, that's so real. But, uh, but it's like, well, you still, we're still content. We're still story driven. Some of them have gifts of story gifts. And then some of the stuff, they, a lot of stuff they share is valuable to said community that needs that information. Right. So how do you draw that balance as a journalist to share stories, but take your own opinion out of the story? Not like what you write, but even your thought process when you approach a said story. You know, I appreciate objectivity for that reason, right? That's one of the things you learn as a journalist. You need to be objective, remain objective. Sometimes that is a challenge, right? Um, But as a very curious person, when I speak to people, I don't want to ask you questions that I already know the answers to. (laughs) Like, that is pointless. If that's the case, I can just call it opinion piece, write it, and have a couple of people just chime in and be like, see, I told you so. I knew what I said, Mm -hmm. right? Or I know what I know boring. Um, But for me, I approach every story with a certain level of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also learning experiences. You know, sometimes I am biased, right? More so with like my podcast, but I I talk to people who I, I think have the answer. So I get to ask them all these questions and get the information for free, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, me approaching stories that way and really having an ear to the community and the ground and what it is that we need to know helps me when I'm telling stories. Right. So it's never really about me. It's about us. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go for a story just because it's on every site um, and people are aggregating content from, you know, a newsletter or a press release. Um, I really want to have impact every time I write, every time I report. And I'm thinking of questions that will give others the answers to questions they may not even know they had, right, or didn't think to ask because they may not have, um, I don't know, the wherewithal, right, to even pose that kind of question. Um, And honestly, I feel like I can't be a part of every story. Mm. That's not my my job, right? I don't want to manipulate the outcome of a story because I'm so married to it or it's all about me. You know, unfortunately, in this day and age where a lot of journalists have you know, position themselves to be more visible, they put themselves in so much of their work, Mm. right? And I'm always mindful as a Black woman that I am not just a Black woman telling this story, right? Um, 
I am not colorblind. Okay. I'm I'm black on both sides. One just came from Honduras. But I, I say that because sometimes we're so indoctrinated with culture that we play it small by only, you know, marching to the drum of our culture. Right. We're not thinking about how we can have this grand impact on the the world, right? Um, if we are well-received by our own, we don't care about being well-received by other people. So every time I tell stories, I'm like, okay, so yes, this is about a Black woman. Yes, this is about a Black man. But here is what a 73-year-old Asian woman living in Washington, D.C. can learn about business. Um, I hope that answers your question, right? Yeah. I just realized it's bigger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk through. Uh, I want to get to a backdrop of your p- career post this, but uh, let's speak to to get your life tour because I saw that uh, online like a many months ago, and I was like, "Yo, what are you doing that?" And I was like, "Yo, what?" I, I, I is is when we had the tour. I'm like, "Okay, so break us down what you're building um, with the Get Your Life Tour, as well as I know we talked offline about it, but now you recently um, during the pandemic uh, went out on your own and and tell us what that went out on your own is." And yeah, let me hear more about what you got shaking, like what you what you do, because I know you do a lot. But I'd be like, what is, what is Lydia? What what is? I thought you still was working in corporate because you you turning out all these articles. I was like, I thought you still worked in um in in in, in the office. Right? No, I am no longer in the office. You know, I have been getting my life for quite some time, um, and it's so interesting. I was in conversation with a friend, and she was like, Lydia, you say it like it's a problem. She was like, but if you're not getting your life, like you're not living. I was like, I like that a lot. So three years ago, I was working at NBC and it was great. I learned so much. And then life started to happen as I, you know, continued within that role. And I had to make some decisions for my health. Ultimately, I uh, was there when Trump was being inaugurated and I just saw this shift in the newsroom and <laughs> I have to be honest with myself about the microaggressions while I was so stressed out and tense and always on. And I was like, okay, look, I think it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So I actually was experiencing a lot of just, I don't even know. I want to call them deformities, but a lot of just illnesses that were just happening because I was so stressed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, headaches and all these other things, anything you can imagine is associated with stress. I was experiencing it from the workplace. It was just so toxic at the time. And I was going to physical therapy, therapy, and the chiropractor. And each one was a referral for the other because my body was just out of alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Out of alignment, talking dirty to me, cussing me out on a regular, like, girl, get it together. That's the worst. And you so, young, young. Like that was a couple years ago. So you like 26, but you feel you you fit you look you look good, but you feel 40. Not no no. No, no, I'm not gonna say 40, because I know, I know, I'm, I know y'all <laughs> listeners. No, y'all know y'all listeners. Like, yo, gee, I'm 45. Don't what you talking about, boy. Hey, relax. It's don't okay. don't shoot, don't kill me. You feel you just older. don't want to be ahead of your time. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be ahead of your yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it's spot, especially as it relates to, you know, the chemistry of your body and physiology, all that stuff. You don't want that to happen. No one wants to age. Don't most people want to be Benjamin Button? I don't know. So, anyways, um, my body was out of alignment and it was a wake up call for me because I always 
have worked hard. I had just come out of uh, Columbia's journalism school with my master's, and I thought that I had to have so many things figured out. Prior to that, I was, you know, killing it here in the Bay Area in the nonprofit space, but doing digital work. And then at Bennett, I thought I had to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Pledge Delta, be on SGA, miss that, miss this, miss everything, right? A part of every uh, royal corps and coronation, all these things, mm-hmm. volunteering, interning. That is how I lived my life. I've lived a very productive but time-consuming um, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And part of it was me want to be great and create something that I never, you know, had. Another part of it was um, me making sure that I had this abundance and it was a false sense of abundance for a while because I was operating from a place of lack, mm-hmm. right? You grow up poor, you want more, blah, 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 blah. So I recognized a lot of patterns. I left that role. I was going to all these different doctors and you know, I wasn't embarrassed that I was leaving NBC. I just come out of Columbia, but I was like, you know, I just need to get my life. Mm-hmm. So I told people, oh, I'm going to get my life tour. And they were like, what's that? Can I come? I was like, no, it's a tour of one. <laughs> I'm getting it's my a tour life. 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 Okay. It Can was I a tour come? Of one. Okay. Hello. Is this thing on? It was me taking center stage, but it was really about me showing up for myself, practicing vulnerability uh-huh. um, and having a number of challenging conversations that I need to have with myself while being still. Mm-hmm. So I left New York, um, came back to the Bay, um, I don't know, maybe for a month or so. And I was like, I'm on this tour, I'm getting my life. So that looked like, you know, looking at my finances, making sure that I was eating better or just eating, right? Because I was so stressed out. Um, but I began to have all these conversations with people and they were like, you need to be having these conversations publicly. Like, Where's your YouTube channel? Where's your podcast? Why aren't you talking to this person, that person? You already have the connections. And I was like, right. And that went back to what I (laughs) spoke about earlier about having to push myself to do these things for myself. And I began to reach out to people and I was like, look, I've been on a Give My Life tour and I want you to come on tour with me. Mm -hmm. And people began to say yes. And I was like, look, this is all about getting naked. Uh, practicing vulnerability and <laughs> I really want to know what your house or yeah, story yeah. is because I've never been a person who's been big on celebrity right we're all significant um, and the simplicity of that significance is so beautiful so people began to say yes and in July of well I began recording episodes with people all over in Oakland and Atlanta um, and various other places in December of 2018 Mm -hmm. and had been having conversations prior to that. But in July of 2019, I decided to actually launch and put up the website, you know, made sure things were distributed. And it was such a great experience, but it was also scary to hear myself. Um, I had gotten feedback before. Your voice is so sensual. Oh, it's very calming. Okay, yeah, you got to you, 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 you got to do, do some voiceover work, man. It's just because you always <laughs> your voice is always a vibe. It's like a it's a breezy yet summer dusk type um, <laughs> earth, but a mix of flower green flower type Vizzy. Like it's always a vibe. Okay, look, I receive all of that. I receive it. it. Yes, it's so sultry. Uh. Thank you. Right. But 
I was afraid of my voice for so long, right? I didn't want to hear myself on playback. I remember recording spots for different radio shows. I'm like, okay, I don't want to hear it turned down. <laughs> but I got, that got lost, right? Um, when I began to show up and accept me and my fullness, accept myself and my fullness. Um, and then as I was having these conversations with these women, I was like, whoa, right? Um, one of the uh, first guests, that I had was Miko Branch, who's the CEO of Oh Miss yeah, Jessie. of course. I got I read right. the book. I love their book. Their book was true. They book is right. tr- tr- I I I I'll be honest. Like when I cause you I'm a this is gonna be us gonna be all off code. Um but yo, you know, you know, sometimes you see some some light skinned jumps. Uh, Jones, I mean that's just hey people don't 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 put me in the box don't send me emails you see some light skinned women professionals queens and you like man okay I, let's how is this gonna be servicey what is this gonna look like man that book was real that, I love that book yeah. they're, they're, I think they wrote more after but I forgot the title of the last book but I, I it was the story about man they got really intentional with the stories I loved it man Miko shout out to the branches oh the branch because yeah. it's the one yeah. passed away yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Miko is a gem, right? And she was one of the first people who I reached out to who said yes. And we spoke about, you know, how she showed up in business, her getting started, her literally working through her grief and loss of her sister, right? Um, so the Give My Life Tour, like I say, is a how through lifestyle podcast where we promote you living your life as your business. And it's been a transformative experience Mm -hmm. just having these conversations, taking center stage with people. I mean, I am able to have such in-depth conversations. They are so healing for me, right? Um, Is it it for all women? Is this women? It is not only for women. No, it is not. I have some men lined up. Because I believe that both perspectives, right, balancing that feminine and masculine energy is important. I ain't feeling none of that. I ain't got no invites. I, I yo, Lydia don't <laughs> rock with me. I hope y'all realize if Ooh, Lydia really don't rock with me like that. Really, I, I, I think was it if you you went off on me before, haven't you? Have you said have you have you met Snarky? I think we have we had Greg. You're projecting. <laughs> you're I'm projecting not. right now. And, and you're not being honest. Let me tell y'all a story, okay? Because I feel like I've been real PC this entire time. <laughs> I have supported you. I have purchased your book. Remember when I came to GHO 2014? Yeah. I drove to Durham, okay? I drove to Durham. <laughs> Come meet with you, went to Caribou Coffee in that yeah. little plaza. Yeah. And I was about to buy you coffee. And he was like, no, I'm about to be shaking if I drink this coffee. <laughs> um Greg has ghosted me within our friendship, y'all. <laughs> and I talk to him when he comes out of the woodwork. Don't let Greg fool you. Don't let him fool you. He great. He great. Nah, I, I remember. Nah, I, actually, I'm not gonna put that jacket on you. I don't. You know, I'm you just know playing. I always be. <laughs> I be like, bro. I know Lydia. Like, I'm like, hello, hello. <laughs> nah. I saw. I'm blessed to have but... her on the pod. Y'all understand how honored. I'm not saying this in jest. I'm honored to have her on the show. When she said yes, I. I just, I felt that was when complete peace and serenity entered my life. Wow. That's when that it happened. So I was like, it, it happened. Like, yeah, oh, sure. I was like, me? Me? <laughs> I don't know. It is. Let me tell you all something. I honestly often try to understand, but I also have to surrender my understanding of how people perceive me. 
I am so kind. I am. I try to be as inviting as as possible, right? Um, but some people are so surprised when I say yes, and I'm like, I always want to collaborate with people. I've tuned into this podcast. I remember when you first launched. Okay. You were going hard on Twitter and LinkedIn and booking everyone. And you were putting on people who some people didn't have on their radar. And now those people are doing great things. Um, right. And I was just like, well, I can't wait to the day that Greg, you know, sees <laughs> my value. And it's like, come on, let's talk about some things. So it's happening you, you, now. Man, you we next- both say yes. <laughs> right. There's clearly been a yes on both of our hearts. But Craig just be curving me so bad. Curve game is strong. Oh, no. Let's not okay? talk about New York. Let's not talk about New York. Remember the, the live event in New York? And you just had so much going on. You didn't pull up on your boy. Okay, let me tell you something. My Neo was in town and it was also her birthday. So I took her to dinner and she had something else lined up. And you were in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I was in Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was even communicating with you. And I think you were just so busy and over the fact that I told you I would not be able to make it, that you did not follow up with me because you said, oh, something along the lines like, oh, yeah, I hit you up when it's over. Did I hear from you? Cricket. I was so hurt. I I couldn't believe. No, I was so hurt because you 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 hit me about it. I was like, yeah, I got it. I get to see you later. Come, come. Come with me. Go with me. And I was like, bruh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Don't believe the hype, y'all. Please. I'm so glad that you all support the minority trail. <laughs> Greg as an individual, I'm not sure. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yes, it's happening now, right? Yeah. Everything is divine timing. I think that in life, as we talk about collaborating, as we talk about those with influence, we have to be in alignment with divine timing in the way that things are going to play out, right? Sometimes we can't engage with one another the way that we want to because we're not ready for those experiences. Um, Because I I think I remember... Because honestly, even even to even even with us, I think there was uh, some potential opportunities. I mean, many years ago that you had even with your corporate things, but it was just even in my hand, even if I know they were preliminary, but even if it would have came to fruition, there was no... It's timing is is it's like yo, and I tell them I had to tell myself, but I tell a lot of young guys, young young ladies and young men, it's like yo, people. I mean, do you really want that right now? And and then what are you gonna do with these opportunities? And how like what what does it really mean to you? And even like even and and now I can get my life, and we're gonna go right back to you because I got I got a couple of things I really want to run by you. Even last year, last year was tough for me. We we went out on a limb to do Minority Trouble as a podcast network. Uh, we produced all these shows. Um, mm-hmm. did everything, but I, I, I'm, I'm in, I start fast, but I didn't, I didn't know what a contract looked like with the host. I didn't know, um, mm-hmm. what, what the percentage was with the splits and whatnot. I didn't know. Cause I mean, I operate on my own model. I mean, I try to put that on somebody else's model and it doesn't really work like that. So then I put, right. I put everything into that. And then this year I'm like, what in the world? What, what, like, yo, we had to, we had to shut that down for, for the time being. And I say all that to say, is like this whole process and, and, and everything, the timing on just the network. Like now I'm actually building a network for another client and the however much I lost 15 grand. Well, we we're producing this thing and we're doubling what we lost, right? But I had it's 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 a timing thing and it's a it's an understanding thing. And the things that I wasn't ready to really have a network. I didn't know anything about business. If I would have had a network and we would have just it would have been bad business, right? So I really <laughs> I, I definitely do think and I, I want everybody just sometimes just slow down. 
Slow down, man. Like you said, you just drove from New York to LA. Like, what did you get from that experience? I love being on the road. I I get to have these very still moments, even though I have to be mindful of my surroundings in the road. Um, When I'm by myself, that's when, you know, the word comes to me. I got so much, you know. One of the biggest things that I got, though, was to keep it moving. You got to keep it moving. Like when my tank got to half, I knew that I needed to stop for gas, but I had to keep going. Um, Sometimes we make these pit stops and they're too long. They're not productive. Um, Or we think that we have to be somewhere to experience things. But in the process of moving forward, we get so much along the way. Even if we don't always get to look out the window or get a bumper sticker to say that we've been there, right? Mm. Um, This time around, because I've driven to New York and, you know, we did, we did it really fast that time as well. But I documented that experience. I remember being on Snapchat because IG didn't have a storage yet. And I would be like, oh, I'm in Nebraska, still in Nebraska, because Nebraska is hell long. Um, or, you know, wherever it was, I, you know, that I was. And people were like, wow, that's so cool. I didn't want to give people an opportunity to chime in on my experience this time around, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a couple of people who knew that I was on the road, you know, I put a screenshot up of my head, like literally on maps um, in my stories. I'm like, okay, thanks for letting me know you made it to Idaho. Um, or Iowa, wherever it was. Um, but I think that's what I got, honestly. Keep it moving. And you don't often need, you don't always need a bumper sticker to say that you've been somewhere, right? I think we live in this world where we have to document everything so that we can say it happened. Um, but there's just something so rich about living in the presence and experiencing things and capturing things with your eyes, right? And closing them. Taking a deep breath and remembering um, because it's in those moments that, you know, you're filled up. That's what I got. Yo, do you remember the days when catching, not to say catching up doesn't mean anything anymore, but when catching up with somebody really meant a lot? Like, for instance, in school, like. There's people that I haven't seen in years, but I mean, I feel like I see them every day because I see them online. I kind of know, I know what to <laughs> eat. Um, I, I know where they go. I know what the kids look like. I know what the kids' favorite color is. I know everything. I'm like, yo, but when I see them, it's love, but it's like, oh, what up, bro? But it's like, hold up. Imagine maybe 20 years ago when you meet somebody, you haven't really seen them in five years. It's like, my brother, what's right. up? It's like, it's a different. And how do we find that? How do, and you, and because you're really big on, um, you're really big on peace, really silence. How do we, how can we create <clears throat> those type of relationships in a world that's hyper social, hyper digital, that when we get to embrace people that we don't see and talk to on a daily basis, that we can really love the humanity of the, our friends of other humans. I know that sounds kind of a- atmospheric. No, it's not at all. We have to remember that we're human. We need each other. Right. I am a touch, see, feel kind of person. I write, I wrote three cards this week and put them in the mail. Mm-hmm. And so when should I be a thank mind? you card. Give me your address. 
Give me your address <laughs> as soon as we start recording so people ain't, you know, blowing your spot up. <laughs> um, but I'll send you a handwritten note. But I value those things. There are some things that you just can't get, like some feelings that you can't get anywhere else. I remember, it's so funny, I remember being at Jiho one year mm-hmm. and I was so excited to see this person. I was like, hey, oh my gosh, how are you? Reaching out for a hug. And they were just so stale. And then like an hour <laughs> later, liked an Instagram post. Bruh. And I went right to their DMs and told them about themselves. I was like, oh, I'm going to get you together. And if you <laughs> want me to meet you at the X, Y, and Z spot so we can have a conversation about it, we can. I will see you there. I will pin drop you my location. <laughs> right? And they was like, thanks for calling me out because, you know, I didn't even realize that. But I was like, social media has really made a lot of us social I can't say the R word, right? So many people get offended by that word and I understand why. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's slowed us down, right? Um, It's made us socially challenged. Mm, Yeah, I like that. And for me, that touchy feel is a very real thing. I love spending quality time with people. I feel like every love language is mine, honestly, just because I like a lot of things and nice things. So great. (laughs) I'll send you that thing in the mail, just send me something back. Um, (laughs) But we have to get back to the basics. This pandemic has taught us that. And I really feel I really feel badly for the people who have not gotten that yet. Because when outside opens up and you realize that you didn't go deep during this time to be still and actually go deep, it's going to be tough for some people to come out on the other side, right? One of the beauties of this time is being able to be in relationship with others in some of the ways that we've always wanted to beyond the distance, right? So I, I love surprise FaceTime with people. I love, you know, running up on people and touching them. I'm, I'm probably a little bit too physical for some people, <laughs> but that's me. And that's the way that I connect with people. And there's something to be said about that because not the touching part necessarily. But a lot of that transcends into how I do business with people. They're like, wow, you really show up as yourself. Like, okay, the what up Lydia is what the CEO gets to, right? Um, and it's, it's just valuable to be in real relationship with people. Like people don't really see relationships as currency. Now it's a conversation, um, but I'm not talking about network. Like networking, all that stuff. Okay, have the people on your phone. If you can't call them, delete their numbers today. Like after you listen to this, take inventory of how you are in relationship with people and who you're in relationship with. And not so that you can get some kind of return, right? Uh, But so that you can know that you'll always be good. Great. I feel like you've experienced things partly when you're willing to receive them from me. But I'm just that person. Like, I want to know that you're good. I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to like touch you. Um, And I really want to know how you're doing when I ask. I think a lot of us have to get there and be okay with answering that question too. Like, how am I doing? Um, And be honest with ourselves about what it is and how we want to be in a relationship. I know that was a lot. Um, But but I hope it makes sense. But we we got to do that because here's, if we don't, it there's a, it's a, I don't people I don't think people realize right if you're not showing up in yourself it ha, uh, showing up as yourself or who you are completely 
There are educational, um, financial, educational, political. This all, it, it, it means a lot. Like, so teachers, right? If you're not showing up as yourself, how are you teaching students effectively? How are you learning authentically? How are you engaging, et cetera? Principals, how are you managing your staff, et cetera? Uh, students, how are you, how are you engaging with your classmates in relationships? If you're not showing up as yourself in a relationship, then how are you, what do you, what do you, as a parent, you feel me? Because mm-hmm. here's what happens. Like for me, it's weird. Like I, 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 if I date someone, and our first convo, I'm just, I'm telling everything. Like, I'm not saying like my whole life story, but I'm bluntly where I'm at. Like, I'm like, yo, cool. And it's like, it's so much. They're like, oh my God. So, here, so two things that can happen. Number one, it can mess up the relationship because if you move faster, because most people takes a little time to get to know people. But for me, I'm like, I am what I am. Like, oh yeah, that was almost, yeah, yeah. Oh, last year I ain't had no money. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got money now. Like, okay, cool. Oh, yes. Last week this happened, blah, blah, blah. And that's in one hour. So you can give me the talk and it's going to be there. And then most people, it's, it's kind of high level. So then a month in and we like, oh, man, this is great, great. But it's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Well, if everybody came 100, then we can even go to a deeper level, right? Because you know the game. that you can, there's, there's authenticity storytelling. But then there's, okay, what's the, what, there's, 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 there's deeper things. And it can mess up the whole pool where there's so many people not showing up for themselves. Well, if somebody does, it makes it look, it just, it, the energy is not there. But what right. happens if I come up with that, but then they do the same thing? Like, yo, you know what? Boom. Let, and it just, then the energy's rocking and then we both growing. Or it makes people look like anomalies that are truly not anomalies. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of makes it like, I think we live in a culture mm-hmm. where th- there's people that perceive themselves as anomalies. But it's like, man, if y'all rest of y'all would just show up. And I, now I am asking everybody, if you just show up as yourself completely, then everybody like that's what a celebrity is essentially, right? They're a person right. when you know who they are. You know Denzel because that's Denzel, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you know that he shows up. But if you're not a, aka if you're not a celebrity, that means you come up. You're just another human because you're not fully embraced. People are like yo, gee, why back in the day you used to yo, you was you always used to call yourself a legend, blah blah blah. Because like I'm showing up as myself. I want people to know. Boom, I'm here. I'm not gonna show up. You like, hey, what up, bro? Like yo, oh, that's G Hill. So you 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 create your myth. Somebody asked me today, like, oh. Uh, Tony Robbins, my mentor. How do I become a legend? I said, No, you're a legend right now. Like literally, like look at you said something deep. Middle names. You got nobody has your set of fingerprints for the most part. Nobody on this earth. You there'll never be another you. There'll never be another Lydia Blanco. Regardless if you went to jail and nothing wrong with going to jail. Regardless whatever you did, whatever crime you ever commit, whatever great thing you did, there will never ever ever be another Lydia. Have you ever thought about that? Really? Like have you ever sat down and looked in the air like, Yo, there'll never be another me. You know, I have, and it is because I am my grandmother's namesake. Uh-huh. So a lot of who I am and how I show up and the decisions I make are to honor her, but to live by design in a way that uniquely positions me and allows me to fulfill my purpose mm-hmm. here on earth. And that's why that tea is so important mm-hmm. um, because... You know, like, this is what you get. And like you said, there will not be another me. Like, this is it. I, I don't think there's going to be another Lydia in the family. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, there was something that you said um, about Denzel Washington. Like, that's why he is a celebrity, right? But it's his character. Mm. Like, my mama think he's fine. <laughs> you know, your mama probably think he's fine. Yeah. Uh, but he's a phenomenal person. He's a phenomenal 
person. So it's like you almost you have to choose his character over his celebrity status. I don't think he wants to be known for his movies. Um, you know, it just makes me think about Chadwick Boseman and his greatness. Right. And all of the great things that have come out about him um, as he has transitioned. But that's like, that's what I aspire, you know, to be like, okay, let me let my character speak before anyone knows anything about a byline or this or that. Like, I want Lydia to speak for itself. Mm. In in reference to speaking for yourself, I do. I usually do it in the front, but I didn't do it in the front of the podcast, in front of the show. I do want to take this opportunity for you to brag on yourself to show. I don't want to use the word brag, but brag and to showcase, man, some of your your career highlights, man, for you and your own opinion, your own words, accomplishments, highlights, things that meant the most to you in your career thus far. Oh man, did you see all my crazy faces I made while you were saying that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know Skype got a lag, so I, I just saw like. <laughs> oh great even better even better oh my gosh i am the worst at bragging oh you need to hey stuff. well you gotta get with that thing you gotta no nah, you need gotta to, yeah get on it. yeah and not, not like get on like hey i'm lit but you know the game you gotta sometimes you you gotta touch the city to let them know where it's at every now and then you do and plus two it's for the kids i really do it's for the kids like I really feel my no seriously. My life changed when I, I I I'm not like I have close friends with mine that show me like some of the trades they make investments and they they show me their bank accounts and kind of some th- certain things and I'm like yo that level of transparency a show me the levels a show me where okay oh he's great at this I need to go to him and then that allowed I'm always transparent but now it, it allowed greater transparency for me even from the finances so when I'm talking to students I'm not just high level and all this other stuff no I'm and, like. I was on yesterday. I was on a call showing people contracts, showing them little things like, no, they need to see it. They need to feel it like none of this, especially in the black culture, because if you go to if I go to these schools, like I told my my, my homie, Dr. Stephen Alsop, man, joint MD, PhD from Harvard and Yale. Right. Crazy, dude. Harvard, MIT, rather. I was like, you go to Neil Middle School. That's where I'm from, Durham. And you you get a talk. They ain't going to feel it. Right, they just not. They go. Some are gonna feel it. They not. Yeah, I don't, they don't care about no Harvard. They don't care about MIT. And then you, like, people be like, oh, so why do they like the drug? Why like this? Because you see it. You see what they do. You see the results of whatever they do. Right. So I said right. we we have to find a way, and that's what storytellers come into play. That's why it's so important mm-hmm. because the way you tell a story, how it orients that. But if not, we have to find a way in our culture to really. We need people, the students need to see, they need to feel, okay, yeah, I was on the stage with this. Yeah, I did Emmy nominate. Like, no, they need to feel that. Specifically those that come from where you come from as well, right? Like, you come, they may, they may respect you off GP. Like, oh, okay, she's a journalist, cool. But they need the magnitude of what you do, the rooms you're in, the experiences <laughs> you have seen. So they like, they can vision it because guess what? Your dreams are not just yours. So now you can right. show them, oh man, wow, like she's here and she put me into the room. She was in a room. She saw X, Y, and Z. That's happened. That's cool. You feel me? Right. Yo, leave it to Greg E. Hill <laughs> to motivate and inspire you. Look, okay. So let me let me let me tell you something. My favorite fragrance is by well, it's like a lotion that has a really good fragrance. It's gonna make sense. Stick with me. <laughs> and it is uh, called Humble Savage. It smells great. And I feel like if that if I could smell like anything all the time <laughs> or be known like as a fragrance, it would be Humble Savage um, by oh, a black woman. You know, it gives me rich Rihanna like out here in these street vibes. So yeah, I just know that. Okay. Um, 
back to the humble savage in me, right? Um, you know, one of the the coolest interviews that I did because it was like a dream of my childhood was sitting down with Master P. Mm -hmm. I feel like I will always draw from that experience because mm -hmm. he's such a businessman. And I literally used to listen to every album he had because my sister convinced my mother For to real? buy the explicit version. Yes, sir. How, uh, the colorful how did, CDs. How did your sister finesse that? Like they was New Orleans? They go in. Let me tell you something. It, it just speaks to our household a little bit, right? We was out here <laughs> in the streets. So we was listening to Master P, Ice Cream Man. I mean, and she even had the copies of the, the underrated artists who were on the label. It was like, why do we even have this, right? So we knew the words, and we had this Radio Shack recorder that our grandfather bought us, cassette uh -huh. recorder, and we would um, record commentary to the albums, and we would send it to No Limit Records. Never got a response. Uh -huh. And oh, um, so y'all was doing like that, reviews to the albums before reviews, or even reviews? Yeah. Let me tell you something. I've been in these streets. Greg's what I'm trying to tell you. I've been in these streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm an old limit soldier, okay? Um, thought I told you. I just did. Okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> right, but in that moment, I was like, yo, I don't have this cassette player anymore, but here you are. And I was like, you know, you never responded to any of the letters that we wrote. He was like, I'm here right now, right? And <laughs> I was like, respect. I was like, you are, and so am I. You know why? That's because I've arrived. And I was like, no, right. But um, that was one of the dopest interviews I had. I felt like I was at home. I actually felt like I was in front of that cassette recorder having this conversation <laughs> said, with him. I'm here right and now, yo. Continue to, the interview. I'm here. I'm here. Like, we will. Right? Like, <laughs> and I was just like, it was just so, it was such a dope experience. Um, What'd you get from, no, you know, don't, don't stop, don't stop. What'd you get from Master P, please, please? Because I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to, to, to watch the thing yet. I am. Um, mm -hmm. what, what were some core things that you could share with the audience from, from your sit down, not from the interview, but more so just you, you, you being in his presence, you listening to certain things, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he is a businessman. He's also a family man. Everyone around him was related to him in some shape or form, right? He really takes care of the people, um, around him. I remember the videographer who was documenting like behind the scenes footage. Uh, he's like, Oh yeah, this is my cousin. He put me on. He really is a man of this word, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's so dope, right? Because he, he practices or he lives where he preaches. Um, his presence is so quiet as tall and um, as firm as he is. Like he walks in, he's very quiet. He is very low spoken. And I was like, that is to be appreciated because I have been in a room with very boisterous businessmen and women who do bad business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they fool everyone else around them and I'm just like I need you to have a seat or three okay because the numbers ain't adding up right now and you got a little bit too much confidence and it's not going to work out in your favor chill out um, but I mean like I'm that person that's why people really don't like oh we need her in the room well, I guess so right? I guess she'll be here um, <laughs> but yeah his, his, his presence was very uh, still but it was felt and then there was something, you know, he said, when I asked him about business lessons, he said, never do a deal when you're desperate. And I was like, yo, beyond business, how many transactions have I made or how many decisions have I made from a place of desperation? I was like, if nothing else, never do a deal when you're desperate. Mm. I, look. 
I was just like, that was gold. Mm. You know, that was really gold. And, you know, I had to just respect it, right? I mean, I've also had the opportunity to just sit in rooms with millionaires and have conversations and and beyond the conversations, just listen to how they speak, right? Um, there was this woman and she was on her phone and she was responding to an email and we were also having a conversation. And she was multitasking, but she was also very, her rhythm just spoke values, right? How she spoke to people, uh, how she managed to look up her cadence, right? So that she can respect you in conversation. There's just so many things that I've learned from people's mannerisms and their rhythm with being in the room with them. Um, having the opportunity to introduce Stacey Abrams was so dope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people were like, oh, you know, she didn't, lo- she didn't win because of the corruption and all sorts of stuff. But I was like, she's brilliant. Yes, she wanted to win. She needed to win, but she's good, right? Her attitude about not coming second to anyone. Um, you know, it's just been dope to talk to so many different people who I have always wanted to speak to um, and knew at some point in my career it would happen. But when it happened earlier than it would, um, I thought it would, was, it has been magical, right? Also, people seeking me out. That, I think, has been one of the most rewarding things professionally for me. And I know you told me to brag a little bit, but I, I would like to give some lessons, right, as I'm sharing. Because, like I say, it's bigger than me. Um, being sought out for what you know, being sought out because of who you are and what you do and how you do it is something special. And to be on others' radar and not even know it and have people advocate for mm-hmm. me. Um, on my behalf when I'm not in the room or even on the continent has been incredible. Um, so those are some highlights. Honestly, I feel like there are so many other things, but if I could brag, those would be some of the things that I share, but just staying true to myself as I do it. Right. A lot of people get lost in the sauce. Oof. I see it. I'm like, wow. It's, it's easy, but it's easy to get lost. And, um, and it's, it's up to the community to bring you back. Like, cause I mean, sometimes okay. I, one thing I got from uh, Kanye's album, uh, Yeezus album, he says something deep, and it's kind of four one into Cliff he's on now. Um, it was like, <laughs> yo, like Clips, uh, I think it was Pusha T. He said, um, he said, just have, um, just have faith in your brother when his faith lost or something like that. It's like, yo, when like when somebody mm-hmm. loses, don't. I mean, some people. I mean, you're not like you said, you're not assigned to everybody, but the people that you know in your peer, your heart, you're assigned to. When they go off the ledge, man, have grace. Right. Like, have grace. The people can always come back. Don't close that door. I know you want to close that door. I mean, something. I'm not going to get, like, no, take my advice. There's always context, right? Because I, I there may be some people that may be suffering domestic violence, et cetera. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying don't close certain doors. That's not my lane to advise on certain things. But for those that, that are on my wavelength right now, Really, man, like don't 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 let business, don't let other stuff just taint relationships and people that with good character. Like, yo, uh, that doesn't mean you that doesn't mean somebody do you wrong, you work with them again. However, like right. they're still humans. Like there was a there was all that's why I think that's what makes me so unique in what I do is but there's always a point as as an entrepreneur where you've you made the mis- mistake that you're criticizing others on a thousand times. 
a thousand, not right. just once, a thousand. And you, if you do not address those thousand mistakes, not the one dressed up, why well, I made this mistake, but if you buy this course, you won't, no, 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 don't dress it up. Like, you, you know, you consistently make, state, make mistakes. As much as you proclaim your greatness, I need to see some other things to kind of make it dopey digital for me. Like, I, I want to challenge us to do that as well. I had that same grace that we expect. Um, Mm-hmm. So 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 Lydia, if you could, if you could, if you could, if you had an opportunity to kind of go in the room and say if you were on a podcast and I I got out of shot and I came back in, it was you, but you 18 years old. Um I know you probably heard this question before, but I think it's always curious to, to hear my guests um talk to it. What would you tell yourself? Like what would you say? Know what you know now. Ooh. At 18. <laughs> Is your birthday this month? Yeah, next week. Your birthday, September 24th. 26? Mm-hmm. 24. Oh, 24. Yeah. And you call me a bad friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> if I was 18, what would I tell myself? Man. Man, you know what? Um, don't forget the dreams of your childhood. Mm. Don't forget the what? I would the dreams of your childhood. I would mm. tell 18-year-old Lydia, do not forget the dreams of your childhood. Mm. I really would. You know, there's something so dope about kids. Kids know who they are and what they want to do. And who they want to be, and I should say who they want to be and who they are, honestly, so early. And I was one of those kids. I could tell, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be fly. I'm a this, I'm a X, Y, man, so talkative, had it all figured out, right? No one ever does, right? But just for the context of this conversation. And even though I've been consistent, I have not, there have been points in my life where I haven't been honest about the desires of my heart, which ultimately has resulted in me like pushing the dreams of my childhood to the back burner, right? I was like, oh, well, that really doesn't make sense. And how would I explain that? And what does that really look like? Or, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of silly, right? All those things show up, you know? And if you are fortunate or blessed enough to have an idea that early, it is so important to honor that. A lot of us get lost because, you know, we think our treasure is somewhere else. But, you know, as we learn, the alchemist is within us, right? We go looking and digging and journeying and we've had everything we've needed the entire time, right? So that's what I would tell myself. So many things that I've set out to do, so many things that I have done are things that I always knew that I wanted to do always who I wanted to be and this and that. And, you know, I let some of those things go or I didn't see them as valuable. Um, and I kind of hid from myself or I hid those things deep down. So that's what I would tell, you know, young buddy out here in the streets. No, nah, that's, uh, that's real. Um, I think in any aspect of life, everything that I, I just want to repeat that, I know you've heard it on this podcast before, but I want to repeat it for you. It's just, um, you have everything you need. Mm. Um, and that doesn't mean you have everybody 
but you have everything, right? There's a difference. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have everybody I need in my life right now to go to some goals that God called me to do. However, if I stay in community, I stay tapped in, I stay true. Those people, the energy, energy, I mean, just to be real, energy always finds itself to like energy. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a common fact. You want, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm my friend, like you, you, you get, if you be the change, you'll be around change agents. Cause they want to, they want to work together. They want to grow with somebody that's being a change. But if you're not being the change, it's going to be hard to be around some people that's really make a change. Cause when they're around you, they're going to feel uncomfortable. They ain't going to want to be around you. And you ain't going to be around them either. Cause they locked in and you're going to be like, you're going to feel unworthy to a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you need to go to church, man. Cause they accept everybody, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, and okay. I know, I know, nah, cause some of y'all going, I know, I already know them boys talk about church. No, I'm talking about church for a community. I'm not talking about a building. Don't get, don't try to get deep on me. Don't do that. Don't do that. I already know where y'all going with it. Don't get, don't send me no emails about it. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much emails I get, man. People funny. Um, more great than bad. 99% <laughs> good. I mean, never get no bad things, but I just be like, yo, what? I, that's what you got. <laughs> but, uh, are you ready for a rapid fire round? Oh, a rapid fire. Let's yeah, do we'll it. Yeah, rapid fire and then we're going to close it out. Uh, number one, if you could okay. if you could change one thing. Oh, my God. That's not the question. Uh, if you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? One habit, journal more. Take away a habit. Oh, it's probably not even a habit. Overthinking. Mm, okay. What is, the, what is the best piece of advice that you have never in your life received? You should have went to A and T. I low key wanted to go to A and T, Mickey. I was there. I just don't have a degree. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Ooh, take your time, but don't waste your time. Chadwick Boseman. But I had to. Oh man, he said that when he said that. That's deep. It was attributed to him, and I believe Lupita and Youngo uh, shared it, and it has since become a meme. But that speaks volumes. Mm, mm, mm. If you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? Redistribute the wealth mm. and give a high percentage to. Black and indigenous people, mm. and everything else will follow. What's your favorite book or movie? Favorite, I'll give you both. Favorite book, The Alchemist. Favorite movie, Boys in the Hood. Mm. If what is your biggest fear? Dying with my gifts. Mm. Mm. So this is the last question of the whole show. Um, you got. We're done with the uh, rapid fire. Everybody that's on this show is a culture, uh, is a culture change agent in their own right, doing what they do for the culture. And, he, and this question relies on that. If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be, and why? You know, honestly, it has to do more with spirituality and spirituality before religion. I wish, and I don't have the capacity, right? So I'd have to do this in community with those who know more than me um, and have arrived to a certain point of, you know, awareness 
in their own lives and in community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be to give back to who we are as a people, right? And I feel me that looks like Black people, as we call ourselves, coming into themselves and learning who we are. Um, and taking what is, you know, our birthrights as the original people. I know I sound real radical right now, but honestly, I think there's a way that we, I think there are so many ways that we can't be in community with one another because we don't know who we are at our core. Um, And it is very spiritual, but I think everything else aligns with that. And with us being as divided as we are, I feel like that's what I would want to start. Mm. Well, hopefully one day in a a, a journalism project, you can kind of maybe yourself or I know there's some stuff, there's people that have stuff on it already, but I think it would be dope, man, to really break down and, and, and see what, um, what that looks like. What is really, yeah. new, what, what, is, what is really understanding the, the root of you? Like what did that? I think that'd be a phenomenal series of, especially in these these day and age. I'm giving somebody some ideas that you probably already have, but if you already had it, like you need to be implementing that or share the link with me. Like really, like taking a layered approach of from where we're at. Like say from myself, they go down the route of who who are you? Mm-hmm. Not not who are you? Like okay, I'm from Durham. I'm from Ch- I was born in Chesapeake. Like okay, let's get deeper. Then deeper, then deeper. Oh, slavery. No, no, deeper behind that. Okay, African, the deep, like, and I know, I mean, let's be true. For some, I already know where I stand as far as with God and Christ, but let's not, let's not get that deep, right? Let's get to the, uh, on a, on a, from a carnal perspective, who are we and what that looks like? And if we can go from current day to that, and I would like it done from an individual perspective, not just a society, black people, because then like, there's so many different types of black and whatever. If we can start right. unpacking that, and what that may look like for, because if I see that done with one person, I can then maybe start doing it for my journey. I think that'd be dope and powerful. Yeah, it's it's, it's real work. Yeah, that's that's like a that's a lifetime worth of work. That's a that's a huge project. So, Lydia, real yeah, quick yeah. before we close it out, and before I before you share out kind of where people can find more information about the podcast, yourself, etc. What do you do outside the podcast? Like you do, I've I been seeing you write a lot of stuff. Like I just want to be clear on like what what else you what else you do since you left corporate. You just left corporate the podcast. Like what, what what's the what's the what's the what's the plan? What's the wave? I left corporate to get my life once again. I uh, am contributing to Forbes Women, which mm-hmm. is a great opportunity. So you can see my work there. Talking to so women um, and honestly building out my media literacy entity, which is Sincere Visions. I launched it a while ago. Um, but aside from telling stories as a reporter, helping our people understand um, what it is that they consume as it relates to media and how information is disseminated is very important to me. Um, so that looks like media literacy work. So I'm actually like working on that, um, looking for grants. Um, and really building that out, 87% of reporters are non-Black, and the media itself is controlled by six companies. So for me, ownership is important, and making sure that we're prepared to craft our own narratives and share them is as well. Uh, so that's what I'm doing, honestly, building that. Yes, podcasting and continue to write on a national level. 
Mm, gotcha. So where can people more find find your podcast for information, find more information about you, reach out, et cetera? Yeah, so LydiaTBlanco.com houses all of my information. Um, so be sure to visit LydiaTBlanco.com. You can find more out about Sincere Visions, the Get My Life Tour. Of course, I'm on all social platforms at LydiaTBlanco. Um, feel free to hit me up. And I'm pretty responsive. The Get My Life Tour is available on nine different platforms. You can also visit thegetmylifetour.com at the Get My Life Tour on all social platforms. And to learn more about my work with media literacy, you can go to sincerevisions.com. Um, there's great things that I am setting out to do and will be launching soon. So that is where you can, you know, be connected with me. I ain't say less. So my know the trouble as a nation, you already know, man. First of all, thank you for giving well over an hour of your time. But we just vibe and clap it up. Hey, you cue it, cue it, cue it. All right, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. And um, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you again for, for giving your time. And two, um, as we close out, we need two things from, from our audience. Number one, make sure you leave a review, share with a friend. Uh, and then also number two, make sure you're changing the freaking culture. Good night.